Welcome to the Searchable as Reptiles podcast, guys. It's myself, Brian Cusco, and my co-host, Garrett Hartle. As you guys know, we started this podcast because we're just a couple of guys that met each other because of reptiles. It was reptiles that brought us together. Reptiles are the glue that hold us together. That's it. That's in, it. In this world. And uh, our fabulous guest today, Mr. Dave Kaufman. Um, the beginning of this, you may, you may be a little like, what's going on here? These guys are talking about religion and God and all these things. It has nothing to do with reptiles, but that's buckle kind of the idea. Up, yeah. Yeah, buckle, buckle up. up. Buckle up. It does get very deep. It does get very introspect. Not introspective, but it, it's really good. And but it, the first half hour, if you're not into that, it doesn't matter because the next half hour, we talk about all kinds of herping stories and really cool stuff that if you search this as reptiles, which is, we came up with the name searchable as reptiles, we're like, we're going to talk about whatever we want. But at least it's the reptiles that started the conversation. The, the reptile the community place. is the common thread. Yeah. It, you know what? I'll tell you what is great about um, having Dave Kaufman is, oh, my gosh, does the guy have stories and stuff? And, the, you know, when and he had a sexy voice, <laughs> especially after a little bit of whiskey. Mm. But I'll tell you what, um, you know, he's very professional on his vlog. He's there. He's working. He's doing his thing. And there's this whole Dave that I think a lot of people don't know. And you know what's interesting? I think a lot of times when people see you and me and, and our friends hanging out on social media, they're always like, well, how do I get into that inner circle? And how do I hang with those guys? And I'll tell you what, I, this is how you do it. You turn on the podcast and you listen to it here. Because it's just, like you said, us going off about whatever we're going to go off about. And it's been kind of fun. You know, we, so Dave is actually our second guest now. We had Jesse Johnson from Freedom Breeder, which is a lot of fun. Good buddy of both of ours. Now we've got Dave Kaufman and, uh, and some more guests to come in this year, too. So, so, yeah, I'd say sit back, buckle up if you're driving, if you're cleaning the uh, snake cages, roll your sleeves up. And I, I don't know, just, just get ready for a good time. This one is going to go a little bit all over the place. And I think it's perfect timing, too, because we just finished a three-day brutal herping trip through the Utah desert. One of the most brutal ever. So it's great because, you know, it's been a little while since we all got together with the COVID and all this kind of stuff. People aren't traveling as much. And you, you get all the old, like, hey, what's up? How you doing? You know, kind of the shallow stuff out of the way. So, I mean, I mean tonight, I'm ready to just sit down and listen to, to, to what we really think about life, love, the universe, and sea turtle eggs. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Kaufman. Thanks, guys, for having me. I, you know, I'm, I didn't realize that I was the second guest on this podcast. I am totally honored. A little pissed that I'm not the first, but, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm Dave Kaufman. I have a YouTube channel, Dave Kaufman's Reptile Adventures. I have another YouTube channel called Dave Kaufman's Animal Adventures, um, and uh, you know, we've known each other for years now. Like years. Yeah, who knows? We never yeah. know how long we've known anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I do a lot of these podcasts, maybe one, two a year. And I, you know, <laughs> in a lot of those people, you know. That's like two more than we do. <laughs> a lot of those people I, I, I'm meeting like right before the podcast. This one is going to be awesome because we are, you know, we've been friends and we've been very close for a long, long time. And I think that I'm really looking forward to getting into this because I, I don't feel like I need to like sell myself or my YouTube channels or anything that no, I'm doing. This I could just kind of be myself. All come together as right. reptile professionals right. to be completely unprofessional. Right. And that's what I'm looking forward to this. So let's pour some whiskey and get into this. Dave smoking shit live. <clears throat> Cheers. Cheers. Get a whistle, pig. It's been good so far. 
This one's okay. good. So okay. what, what are we? What are we? Doing? Are we starting right in with this one? My sinuses. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, remember, we're gonna do intro. We'll do intro after. Oh, all right. we talked about that earlier. Oh yeah. Well, do you want to talk about the the uh, what we're drinking here tonight? Not really. It's whistle pig. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's a. But it's. But we had whistle pig when Jesse was on the show. Right, but that was the farm stock rye. This is the ten year old. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I do like the farm stock rye better. Do yeah, you? I do. I've got a bottle of fifteen year at home that my parents got me for an early birthday present. You haven't tried yet. Not yet. It's not open yet. I like this one better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, like I said, this is kind of like the gentleman Jack. If you're familiar with, like, you know, I think everyone's familiar with Jack Daniels. You, if you it's ever definitely tried better than Monkey Shoulder. Jack. I'm I'm the uh, drink sponsor by the way tonight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um, Dave, just so you know, like when, when we're doing this, like the idea, the whole precedent behind this podcast was we knew each other because of reptiles. And so we just started a podcast so we could just. Yeah, you started at my party. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea was, yeah, at your, at your YouTube party. That's at, correct. At the Tilling House. That's correct. Yeah. 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 We yeah. filmed the idea right there on the So floor. it's your right. fault. It's my fault. It's your fault. <laughs> are, are we, is this. Are we on? Are we, I, maybe, oh, yeah. Maybe. Doing this? But the, the idea is like we don't necessarily talk reptiles. We can talk. We will talk reptiles because reptiles are the glue that hold us together. Indeed. But it's we just, an off topic. It's off topic. Co- we just podcast. talk about whatever. Yeah. So we, we want you to be Dave, not. Hi, guys. I'm Dave Kaufman of Reptile Adventures. I'm Dave Kaufman, and these are my reptile adventures. <laughs> that was pretty good. I bet you guys listening couldn't tell which one was me and which one was Dave, though. That's I'm true. Just that good. Uh, Let's hear yours, that. Brian. Do uh, a Dave. No, I'm not even. Do a Dave. Hi, my name is Dave Kaufman, and <laughs> these are like my fucking Hank Hill reptile adventures. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I'm gonna kick your ass. Propane and propane accessories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're a little. Uh, I will warn you right now, though, that whiskey makes my voice very sexy. Oh, well, Sultry. I like to think it does the same for mine. <laughs> Sure. I do. I like to think that. It sure. makes me go to sleep, so this is going to be weird for me. Dave doesn't hardly <laughs> drink, drink whiskey at all. This is I hardly drink at all. I'll have a beer like every once in a while. But well, we I, only have these two bottles to finish I don't, tonight. Well, that's so. fine. That's fine. You know, I mean, it's either this or NyQuil, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This does work yeah. as a good night, and it tastes a lot better, too. That's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. NyQuil. Yeah, have you got the Corona? Not yet. Not yet. Not that, we, not, not that we know of. I'm showing no symptoms. If he does get corona, it's going to be from this trip. That, it is. It is. It's uh, either that or my trip to Wuhan, but, you know. <laughs> Dude, we we should do this a lot. I agree. Like, just I agree. getting together, going on these trips. Like, these are... So, so I'm actually really excited about this podcast because the three of us are fairly accomplished travelers all in different ways, sometimes the different places, you know what I mean? And sometimes the same. So I, I'm interested in that, especially from the context, like Dave, you and I have been talking the last couple of days about how little travel we're doing lately. So yeah, to have kind of three, is, I mean, we are three reptile people. Yeah, but I think even more than, than reptile people, and maybe not more, but it's up there with reptile people. We're, we're all three, you know, intercultural traveling yeah, yeah. people that haven't been traveling. This is uh, this is actually both of our first time, Dave and I's first time out of state since we got back from Australia. Well, yeah, this is the first time I've been on a plane since we got back from Australia. Which is when the COVID thing hit. That's you guys right. were out of country when that happened. That's right. That's right. And you can tell by the 20 or so, 30, maybe 
40 pounds that I've put on. I'm pretty sure those 20 or 30 pounds were put on the last four days. Right, right, right. And because we are such a politically correct podcast, we won't talk about how Garrett goes out of state like every weekend. Yeah, but you live right on the... Well, I guess you live close enough to the Ohio border that I live to the Wisconsin border. But I've been to Wisconsin. Have you been to Ohio? I've been to California and back a couple of times. Yeah, he's been to, he's been to my house. But that's not that's not yeah. Ohio though. <laughs> I have been to Ohio. I, I try sorry Ohio people. I try not to ever stop in Ohio. Gas up right at the entrance cuz it's cheaper than ours and well, then to I be fair through. your whole side of the of the country is is like the size of our state. Um, the whole size of his country. The whole side, the whole East Coast is about the size of California. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's Pens- a little bigger. Pennsylvania is pretty big. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, so when whenever people hear I'm from Pennsylvania, they're like, "Oh, my brother lives in Philly. Do you know him?" And I'm like, well, "Yeah, first, first yeah, of all, I do. that's like six hours away. I do. There's a mountain range called the Appalachians in the middle of it. Our state straddles both sides. A mountain makes things feel a lot more." far than they are sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. N- next time somebody says that to you, do you know this guy? He, my, he's my friend in Philly. Say, yeah, he owes me money and uh, he told <laughs> me you'd pay me. Yeah. He's my mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I vow to kill him and everyone he oh. knows. So that's actually kind of mind-blowing to me that this is your guy's first time out of state in yeah. all that time. Well, it's only been what first six? time on a plane mm. for me. Anyway, mm. I've been to Wisconsin. <laughs> Is that a different state than uh, Minnesota? Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. You know, most Minnesotans just kind of tolerate that it's there, <laughs> but uh, nobody from Wisconsin watches this thing, do they? Uh, unless you count Brandon Fowler. Brandon watches this. Uh, well, he at least. Listens to well, it, I, right? I can't. Can I just? That. Say I'm going to pretend like Ryan McKay does. I pretend like Ryan McFay does and Erica, but I'm sure they don't. Well, they're in Illinois, though, see? so that, They're not. Yes, they are. They're in Wheeling, they? Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you want their address? But I, everything I'll, else is in Wisconsin. I mean, this isn't public, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> this, this is private. We're, we're here in our little Airbnb in Utah. What? It's completely private. The only people, that, other people are going to hear about this are these little table napkins that we're talking on. What happens yes. on the podcast? <clears throat> you were going to say something. And and the FBI that's listening on our phones. Uh, no, Wisconsin is a lovely state and full of lovely people. And I actually really like Wisconsin. I like cheese. I really do. I cheese, beer, fish. I like all those things. Cheese, beer, fish. <laughs> yeah. Beer Wisconsin. It hasn't been that long, though. So he's been, I mean, March. So it's been I think five months. Relative. Five months, right. Yeah. But, but for us, you know, five months sitting around... That's a lifetime. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's that is kind a lifetime. Of relative. Right, right. I feel like I'm traveling less, and I've been on, I don't know, three or four big trips in that period of yeah. time, and I've been trying not to. Yeah, right, right, right. No, so. this is... And maybe I'm a little over-paranoid about it, because I really... I'm really trying to make it through this pandemic without catching this thing. First of all, if I catch this thing, it's going to kill me. I seriously You've got a pretty is. overactive immune, immune system. Well, not only that, but, you know, I mean, I've been a smoker for a long time. That's going to affect me. Um, and I've quit smoking, <laughs> but yet... Sorry, go ahead. I don't know if the vape counts. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I, I, I am a little paranoid about catching this thing, and I am a little paranoid about it, you know. I... I I don't know much about death, but I don't think you can come back from that. 
Oh dang, we're Giants? getting straight we into know? the religion podcast well, right Garrett, now. Garrett was quoting uh, Jesus Christ Superstar earlier. Is something about uh, if you beat de- if you die, then you've beat death. Yeah, to conquer death, you only have to die. Yeah, that's it. What else does it have on you? You're done. And if you're Jesus Christ, you can just pop up like a daisy. What now? <laughs> Dave, bring it. Dave's, <laughs> Dave's not buying it. I just don't know about any. Well, I do know about all of that, but uh, well, that's a different podcast altogether. Probably um, not. I well, know. I don't it know. might come out. It uh, might come out. I, I just you know anything my, flies here. My my politics, my opinions religion. on religion would probably offend a lot of people, but Ooh, we don't worry about offending people here. Mm, yeah, that's I do sure. sometimes, but yeah, Brian but still, you know what? Religion and politics are two of those things that we all have our opinions, we all have our beliefs. And, you know, people, well, that's the problem with religion is that people cling to that. You know, they, they have a, a belief is a dangerous thing to have an idea, to have a, you know, a, uh, a I think this, this is how it works. That is much more, I think, um, less dangerous and much more important because it, if you say, I believe this, then your door is closed. And any new information comes in, it bounces right off of you. And therefore, you don't grow, you don't experience everything that life has to throw at you uh, and offer you. Um, I, I think that if you have a solid religious belief, then that's a closed door. If you have an idea, I think God is there. I think that this religion, you know, whatever. I think that that's much more important than actually having a dead end. This is how I be, and 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 not only that, but it's amazing to me that the most religious people that I know are religious in the in the in the religion that they were born into. And how convenient is that that they were born into the right religion? <laughs> you know, well, it is convenient, you're right? If it is the right, right religion, exactly, exactly. So but I, you know, I like where you're. I like where you're going with this. But to play the devil's advocate, you, you certainly you must know that you know that you know something in life. Well, no, the only thing that we know is that we know nothing. The only thing that's certain is that we know nothing. I've said that since I was in high school. Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. So, you know... This is why I'm so superior to you. <laughs> I just figured it out. I know everything. You guys don't know anything. Too easy. No, that is absolutely certain. You know, I mean, and, and you know, I, I've, I've studied world religions quite extensively because I asked myself a question very early on in life, and that was, how much would I know about the religion that I was born into it if I wasn't born into it? Mm. And therefore, it made me say, okay, well, then how much do I know about this other religion or this other religion or this other religion and it dawned on me I knew nothing I knew nothing other so than the religion that I was born into right so I began to study all the world religions to try to figure out why do people believe the things that they do why do they believe it so vehemently and why you know where is the point in a person's life that they say okay I was born catholic but how much do I know about judaism and then actually take that step to go study Judaism. Well, I think I think there are obviously people that convert from one religion to of another. Of course they do. That that happens all the time. Um, I think it actually happens commonly, you know, because I think children tend to rebel <coughs> against the things that their parents do, and a lot of times, if the parents are very religious and very you know practicing, the kids like to bounce. 
you know, but um, I also think it depends on the person when you say like why someone believes. I like I don't think you can look at one faith and tell me why everyone in that faith believes in in that, because I think some people are maybe going, "I, I don't know. I just did what my parents do. Some people may have had some crazy life experience that causes them to believe a certain way. So of course, yeah. You know, absolutely. Other people might sit down and study things and intellectually come to some kind of conclusion. And then other people might find it as you know, um a tool for them to overcome a difficulty in their life. I mean, there's so many there's so many things. Right. But it is interesting the the religion to to me, I think religion is universal. I've always found it fascinating. Well, I don't know about universe. There's different people that don't have religions like as far as Christianity or Judaism or there's some people that don't have a religion so it's not entirely universal but that's usually like a very conscious choice that they've had to make where like I will religiously choose not to be religious maybe in Mm. America maybe in the United States or maybe in first world countries people make that decision there's plenty of people in the world that don't live in first world countries well there's plenty of people who are who don't think beyond what that religion has told them to think Sure. And I, I just like your point about like I, I find it interesting to learn why people believe what they believe. Right. And and right. where that they're coming from with that. But you know, here's another thought that I had when I began to realize that well, wait a minute here. There's Muslims in the world. There's Buddhists in the world. There's Taoists and Hindus and well, why is everybody so different? I mean, if there was one right religion, everybody would be practicing it, right? And then it got me to think well, maybe that's what, you know, maybe all of us having our individual experiences in life. You have an experience that I don't have in my life. You do. You do. You know, we all have these different experiences. No human has the exact same experience throughout their lives. Why is that? And could it be? It's pretty cool. It's absolutely cool. But could it be that empathy is more important than love? Because in order for me to take your life experience and not discount it because it is not equal to mine is empathy. And having empathy for somebody else's belief is the key to understanding that person's belief. And that understanding, you can't have, well, you can't have love without that understanding. So... If that's it's the case, kind of like, it seems like a circle for me. Like absolutely. Being, being empathetic comes from a place right. of love. Right. So if that's the case, then perhaps that's what God is. Perhaps God is a collective of every living thing in the universe. When you die, you well, you leave the collective when you're born. You have your life experience as human beings, as individual human beings. You die, you go back to the collective, and your experience that you've had in life, what you've learned, what you've suffered, what you've experienced, you bring back to the collective. Whether you're a human being or a whale shark or a squirrel or an alien on this planet or a life form on that planet, we're all, you know, we see that everything is connected on this planet. Everything. So why isn't everything in the universe connected just simply because we don't have any knowledge, we don't have any evidence that there is that life out there yet? But I believe that once we do find that life out there, we are going to find that it is so incredibly similar to how life works here on Earth. And so that was an idea of mine, is that 
all these living creatures having their own individual experience, they go, they come from that collective, they go back to that collective, and that collective is God. The problem with that is, in the in the problem that you know religion has, is that it all is based upon God being an interactive being. You can petition him with prayer. He answers that prayer. You have a personal relationship with God. I don't think that that's true. I, I don't think that God is an interactive being. Hmm. And so is that what God is? Is God the collective energy of every living thing on in the universe? Well, your philosophy is pretty close to what's called universalism. Your love and empathy thought is beautiful. And if it's true, I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm not very empathetic at all. <laughs> I like the thing about love being in action and I just have to do stuff. You know. But can you love without understanding? No, not very well, but I didn't say I was well, good at that. There's, there's <laughs> unconditional love. Sure. Absolutely. Which you can have. You don't have to understand something. You can still give, give love without completely understanding. Which may be the ultimate form of understanding is like just because I don't understand doesn't mean I can't offer it up and come from a place of love for anything or anyone. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. You're, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about you know, there's a, there's a few things that I think we struggle with. The the one thing that I think is underlying that is is like terrible and beautiful at the same time is that eternity is placed on the hearts of men. Mm. You know what I mean? That you're, you're, you're thinking about, you're trying to think outside of what you can see and feel and experience, you know, talking about life on other planets right. and things like this. And, and there's, there's this, this like desire for greatness, immorality, immortality. And uh, yeah, sometimes immorality. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and, but, but you have, you know, I, I think it is our, our impending death and mortality. You're coming back to the coronavirus thing and, and your fear of that and all that kind of stuff. Death is what makes life so beautiful because well, I, and I absolutely without the darkness, agree. you don't know how right. to enjoy the light. I don't fear death. I fear death now. I, I'm not ready to go yet. Gotcha. I, I still have a lot of things I would like to accomplish. So I don't fear death at all. I've come inches from it. Yeah. repeatedly in my life, inches from it. I don't fear it, but I fear it now. I would like that to come. I, I'd like to get another decade out of this thing do you before think, I go. Do you, think we all, do you think we all go when we're meant to? No. No, I don't. Because if... You don't uh, think there's uh, a how do you, overarching will? No, I mean, a, a two-year-old on the savannas of Africa that just starved to death. Why was that meant to... Why, why was that child meant to die then? That doesn't make any, I, to me. Certainly I, I one just, of the harder things to understand. Right. Something to understand. That's right. one of the more difficult things, too. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. This is interesting because I was planning to have this, this, this type of conversation with Clint, to be honest. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> he should actually, Stealing yeah. We should thunder. actually be Stealing here. Stealing his yes. thunder. Clint is. Uh, well, we'll have to see what we come up with. It's Clint good, though. For next that, that's kind of the first time Clint I've heard it. Clint is a wealth put, of knowledge. That's kind of the first time I've heard it put just the way you put it that God is a collective and that we all come and go from it and then it, you bring the I've thought about really that for about a long time you bring what your experiences and knowledge back to the collective so that it could become part of it I call it the probist theory that we're all probes of God hmm I, I, I like it I like yeah, it yeah maybe one day I'll write a bible about it <laughs> 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 we'll just make sure that you write it on some kind of uh, I don't know official no I, I've seen what people have done with uh, with uh, 
figureheads in religion. You know, you know, it's it, it is funny because I think a lot of people from you know, if you if you strip your preconceived biases away, you know, which is really hard for a lot of people, probably all people, really. Um, if but if you could strip all that away, I think there's a lot of really common themes because the way that I would describe God, first of all, like the you said that you didn't think God was. Yeah, or whatever you want to call God, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But we'll say God. You're 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 saying that this power is um, not not interactive or not you know like you can't be petitioned with prayer or. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably um, disagree with that. Thing. It looks like it's gonna fall off the table. Is that as close to the edge it's as fun. I think it is? Yeah, it's, it, that's exciting. Okay, you guys are scaring me. <laughs> you. Sorry, everybody. How did that move on its own? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people have some pretty solid experiences of God, with God, life-changing things that don't seem to be, you know, you, you can't really explain. Like, you know, there's so many people that are martyrs for their faith. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. maybe, and what do, you, what do you take if somebody was not born into a certain faith? They become a, a certain way through their life's journey. And then they're willing to die for it at the end. I'm willing to say that that person probably experienced something. Possibly. To convince them of that. that that's half the problem <laughs> of being alive, is that we want answers. And the way that the human psyche works is that we are constantly looking for black and white answers. There is nothing that is black and white. Nothing I'll, is this or that. I'll that say that my, you myself. live in the gray area, not the black and white. Mm. You 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 don't hang on. You don't look for. You don't live in absolutes, and that's what religion tries to make sense of. It tries to make sense of life in the absolute, and there is no absolute. Mm. So, as I get older, I I feel that I'm always allowing knowledge and, and things answers to come as they come and and still searching I'm always looking to learn something new because it makes my life more exciting mm-hmm. just to like oh I didn't know that and now I do but to yeah not not search so hard and like have need black and white definitions for everything and just let these answers come as they come because if if we don't know the, the, to me like you're saying when we go back to the collective you will all of a sudden know everything. That's like the moment when the full right. realization comes. Like, oh, this is everything that was God in the universe. You will I'm know go, what it was like to experience it. life as a squirrel. Right. So, do, do you know what I? So, if I come okay. back into it slowly, if I if I allow it to come slowly, then I don't rush through my life so much. Like in the search of this need to like end it, which is what it, what I think it is when you finally know everything is that's the end. Right. Right. You're done. Right. But there's no possible way that we can know everything. Not in life. Right. But when we go back to the collective and become part of everything again, then it's like that's that entire knowledge. And who's to say that you can't leave that collective again to have another life? And that could lead back to the, you know, the, 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 well, I guess, theory of reincarnation. Right. Or afterlife. Right. Yeah. This what's fun about this conversation is like for people who are listening and don't know us, I think all of us are very different religiously in our background. Oh, but, yeah. but what's so cool, what I hear about, it's almost like as if somebody had handed each one of us a new iPhone for the first time and we were all Android people and we had to sit there and figure out this iOS software. And to a certain dis- extent, we're all going to describe our experiences differently. Some of us are going to be happy with it. That's Some of us exactly are going to be sad. It. That's exactly it. And we're all trying to figure it out. It's, but yeah. it's got to be intuitive enough that we all kind of sat down, approached it, and and figured out to some extent what exactly. we can do with it. Because you're talking about, you, you mentioned this probist theory that mm-hmm. we're all like probes 
of what is actually God. Right. That's really, in its essence, not very diff different from like I would describe us all as like little mirrors of God. You know what I mean? If there is this greater light and love and force and whatever that each one of us, even better than mirrors, it would almost be like lens filters. You know what I mean? You're letting blue light through. I'm letting warm light through. You're letting cool light through because each one of us is different. Mm -hmm. And there is this God that has given each of us a little piece of himself to experience the world that he's made a little bit differently. And each of us kind of reflects a slightly different light. And the cool thing is if we are open-minded enough about it, whether you believe in the same God or not, I, like I can learn about God from an atheist or a starfish or my two-year-old child if I'm willing to open my eyes and see what they have because they're and all that's the understanding. reflecting a different cast of light of this same thing. Right. And life's <clears throat> journey is kind of like we all start in these different areas, but as we get further and further through life, you're, you're figuring things out. You're getting closer and closer as you get there. You know, and the, the ideas of absolute truth and all those kinds of things are there's, there's so much that you could debate about it if you wanted to go down the whole apologetic, you know, mm-hmm. re- religious trail. But I think it's a lot more fun to find the similarities because I think in there, you know, if we were all given this iOS software and a new iPhone and, ha- and allowed to figure it out on our own. And we listen to what each other has learned about this. I can guarantee you that we're all going to have unlocked different features. That's exactly of this what I'm talking software. about. That's that, exactly yeah. it. So it's it's really so cool to sit down and listen with that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like you said, God was not an interactive being or whatever. I completely disagree based on my life experience where I've seen God interact in my life. You know what I mean? And you could debate that if you want to or whatever. But what's but there that's, to debate? No, you've, that, had your, you've had an experience. That, exactly. That, yeah. that, you know, so, so that, you know, to me would suggest that he's, he's very active and interactive and, and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, mm. it's uh, it's kind of fun to sit down from different viewpoints and and listen to each person's and that's something because you're trying to figure it out. Right. And even when you do have a manual to do it, 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 it's all about the application of something. So, you know, like a lot of different religions will have some kind of written text or teaching that people are trying to follow, but you're trying to apply it in different life situations. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're using the Bible, you know, and you have, like if you talk to different Christians, a lot of them have, they'll, they'll pick out like, oh, this is my like life verse or a, a theme for my life or whatever. It's just something that I, that I hang on to, you know what I'm saying? But they all have a different one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this piece of wisdom, of knowledge, of teaching or whatever, it really helps me get through my little lens filtered, rose colored glasses version of life. All right. So what's your favorite passage from the Bible? And mine's pretty simple. Uh, it's, I, it's, it says, I lie down and sleep and I rise again because the Lord sustains me. And what it makes me think is that I'm not in control. And I need to remember that when you lay down and you go to sleep, you lose consciousness and control. Tons of people die in their sleep all the time. And they can't say, no, no, I'm going to hang on to my life in this moment and go one more day. You can't do that. You're asleep. So when you wake up, how did you wake up? Did you do it on purpose or did it just happen? So instead of this idea of like, I think a lot of people have this idea of like God did some things, started some things, had a world. And then was like, "Ah, you know, go ahead and give it a spin like a basketball Mm -hmm, on the mm -hmm, finger mm -hmm. and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My thing is like I would be dead every night without God coming back in and waking me up for that day. And then I have to go find out why do am I awake this day? If there is intentionality and purpose to my life for today, 
I should probably try to find it instead of just being an idiot and thinking about myself all day long and reacting to situations as they come. And I think that that piece of wisdom, that that piece of perspective is what helps me to become a little bit better person as I get older. I'm definitely a better person than I was when I was a kid. For sure. Ask anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me, me too. I haven't lit anything on fire in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. You got anything to add? I still like to light things on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was not born in the Christian faith. No. You would and like the burning bush story. The, the, it was Jewish. Of, of Moses. Moses. Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. I've read the Koran from cover to cover. I've read the New Testament from cover to cover. I've read the Old Testament from cover to cover. I've read the Dharma. Yeah, that's more than most yep. Christians. Yep. I'm, I'm a religious dunce. I'm here, <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to learn from you gentlemen right now. <laughs> um, going back to the, uh, the New Testament, my favorite passage is Proverbs 17.28. Okay. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise. Yeah, that is a good one. Yep. That is a good one. My football coach used to tell us that one. Yeah. He's like, just shut up and look right, smart. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? Right. But I've also... I'm doing that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a really similar one that I think is kind of funny. I believe it's in Proverbs where, where it's saying, you know, it's better to be silent and pe- have people think that you're stupid right, right. than to open your mouth and make sure that everyone knows that you're exactly, stupid. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I, I've, also, I've also studied the Torah quite extensively. And um, this, is, this is what people just, they don't see uh, To put it in context, you, you're from, like, traditionally from a Jewish background, I was right? born into a Jewish family, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, and uh, so... What Jesus was preaching, his Sermon on the Mount, everything, he was a rabbi. He was preaching the Torah. Mm-hmm. So the New Testament and everything Jesus said in it, he's preaching the Torah. And so I, I, I've, I've studied the Torah and it, it, it's, it's kind of hard for me to explain, but there was a very famous rabbi. Rabbi Akiva, and he said something so profound that it stuck with me my entire life. And as you know, I, I don't, I have an idea about religion. I don't have a belief. Okay. And because I have that idea, I will continue to 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 learn and to see things from other people's perspectives. But what Rabbi Akiva said about the Torah, the very book that dictates the life of a Jewish person is he said that out of all the books of the Torah, it can all be summed down into this one sentence. Be a good person for the sake of being a good person. The rest of the Torah is all commentary. Which is pretty similar and I was to like, what Jesus said. And he was quoting the Torah. Yeah. And, 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 and when I heard that, when I read that, in, in whatever book it was that I was reading at the time when I was looking through all this, researching all this, um, it, it struck me so profoundly that it had become my life's motto. Hmm? Just be a good person just for the sake of being a good person. You're constantly tested on that day Absolutely. after day Absolutely, and my God, I lose it. <laughs> you know, and, 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 but, but I, I, I have the knowledge, the ability, the humanity to take a look at myself and say, dude, that was not cool. 
Brian has been there during one of those moments. I, I got, it, got it on video. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you. And immediately, I was like, "Dude, oh my God, Dave, what, what is, what is happening?" Well, at here? least you can self-reflect and, right, right, and right. recognize. Some right. people go through completely blundering and right. Im- imbecilic the effects they're having on the world and everything around them. Absolutely, yeah. And so, my simple paraphrase of Jesus's version of that same thing, he said. You know, everyone's asking which of the laws are most important, and things were very legalistic, I guess, back then, very religious, if Mm -hmm. you will, you know, legalistic form of it. And uh, he basically was like, you know what? Love God, love people. Everything else hinges on this. You know what I mean? And if you're talking about God, if that's difficult for you to define, you're talking about be good for the sake of being good. You know, if, if God is good, God is love. You know what I mean? Saying... But love, there, love goodness right. and love people. But there is a lot of reward and punishment quotient to religion. If you don't accept Jesus as your Lord of Savior, you will burn in hell. That is the most destructive and, and cruel thing to believe. Hmm. That God is love, God loves you, God you know, forgives you, but if you don't believe this... Sorry, buddy. In my opinion, that's the corruption of man corrupting well, I, God and, I, and yeah, using his right to control people. It, that is yeah. exactly what I was just going to say. I was going to say that that, that concept, that, the yeah. concept that you just quoted, is actually almost cultural. It's not even found anywhere. Right. You know, there's there's nowhere that's like God is punishing you because you didn't like Jesus or something like right. that. The idea is that it, there is this, you know, you're saying be good for the sake of being good. So there is some kind of good. There's, And you know what I mean? And if you're running away from that, things are going to get bad for you. Right. And you find this everywhere. You know, it's either you reap what you sow, the idea of karma, those kinds of things. I think a lot of people can say, you know, if you're, you're driving, you and I have talked about this, are self-destructive tendencies. You know what I mean? If you're, you're driving into self-destructive tendencies as hard as you can, you start to mess your life up and get... Absolutely. So, so it's not necessarily... You see that every day you thumb through the law. Facebook it's feed. It's not necessarily, yeah, yeah punishment. Yeah. It's right. just, yeah, it's right. just people knowing what is good and right. My life sucks it. and it's everybody else's fault. Yeah, that's Always. Not, yeah, yeah. not taking your own responsibility right. for exactly. it. Right, exactly, so. exactly. I feel like I'm pretty good at accepting if my life sucks that... It, I've got nobody but myself to rely on to make my life not suck. You know, what's funny is like, I have so many different friends of different, everything, different background, different beliefs. Different mm. But the one thing I think that is, is true of all the people that I really enjoy being around is that they do accept personal responsibility. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I can enjoy other people in small amounts, but you know, if you if you don't accept personal responsibility for who you are, what you're doing, what you're saying, and those kinds of things, and, and you think it's somebody else's fault, I'm just like, eh, I'm not really into that. Well, that's <laughs> no time for that. Ain't going no time for that. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that I really can't stand about what people do with religion is they use it as a justification to be a dick. And yeah, and I can't. I, they use it as a justification to be mean to people to be. Uh, non-understanding of people. They, um, it, 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 there's so much that humanity has done with religion in a very negative way. Well, I'd say Aren't that you? inherently mean people will find whatever it is religion. Uh, well, absolutely. Key, whatever reason absolutely. they need to be mean, they'll, they'll use right, 
Right. Religion is a powerful one at times. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, that's uh, the, the, the commandment, thou shall not use the, Lord name, the Lord's name in vain. A lot of people think that has to do with swearing. Mm. You know, you can't say shit, fuck. That's using the Lord. That's not what it means. What it means is you shall not use religion as a justification for uh, malevolent your, deeds. Putting yourself up on a pedestal. And right. Others That's die. using the Lord's name in vain. And I see. And if somebody did that and that was considered a sin, they should be punished. Which is what happens. Don't know. Naturally. We just don't. Well, they're, they're punished because their life. What you put out in the universe is what you get back from it. You put sure. positive things out, you get positive things and back. And you're talking about the idea of an afterlife. I think the completion of the thought is basically you can see the law at work here. Like, yes, bad guys might get away with stuff for a little while, but ultimately it's going to catch up with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And it, and the, the the idea of that is just like it's going to it's going to have even more permanent effects than just when this life ends. Right. And you know, like people do, who do believe in reincarnation, they have their version of this, like you're going to come back as a worm or hey, you were good, so you get to be a tiger, or, you know, or whatever. So it's just kind of like that that stuff has a longer lasting effect than you realize, both on the world around you. You're talking about the interconnectedness of it all, you know, which is cool because we've been running around the Utah desert mm. lately, and you can see how everything is is so interconnected. Everything is connected. If you flip that board over and you don't replace it, you lose the moisture barrier underneath, and you there's no microhabitat for the animals to live, and and so on and so forth. Everything depends on everything else, and and the next life is going to have something to do with this life. Right. They're connected. It's not just like, reboot, you know? Right, right, there's, right, there's, right. I was about, there was a point while we were talking, or while you guys were talking, I was listening, like, I was wondering, can, is it possible to tie this into herping somehow? And there you go, I didn't even have to ask. Boom. There, there it went. Drop mic. <laughs> everything. So we were talking about how everything. I love it. First of all, thank you guys. Yeah, First that of all, was yeah. Good, <laughs> good stop cutting people out. But, but wait a minute. So you were, t- you were saying that everything is connected. Yeah. Everything, the circle of life, everything, everything is connected to each other. But more importantly, everything is connected to herping and reptiles. <laughs> There's always a jump back. That's right. Point. That's right. I do appreciate it. You, you started off, we started off that segment, that conversation about with you saying, no, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, right, right, right. And all of a sudden. And the there's the, the podcast. The Four hours later. Right now. Now. <laughs> this is This is very good whiskey. So, politics? <laughs> no, I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about the. Do herping not the get you get me started on politics. No, I'm going to no. lose a lot of subscribers. I, 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 <laughs> how long you talked about religion after saying that you didn't want to talk about it? No, I don't want to start on politics. Let's move to. You did that nice segue to the herping. Let's talk about this herping we've been doing in the Utah desert for the last three days mm. and how kind of hard it's been. I think it's been a little difficult one this time around. It, probably the hardest like herping trip of my life. Really? The last three days? Yeah, I think so. As we as like worked hard, hard to find little. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Much effort in right. little reward. Right, right, right. 120 degrees, whatever. <laughs> Maybe 35. At least, at <laughs> least. I mean, the, the hottest place on the planet. Um, and driest. And driest. It right. was crazy dry. Right. Right. I, I went over right next to the river. I went over to a cactus to take a leak and like steam came out. I mean it was just like <laughs> it just evaporated in the dry air immediately. 
Yeah, no, it, uh, it but was, it was hard. It was it was a hard. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, but you know we found coolness though. We didn't skunk. You um, know, finding the right. desert tortoises is pretty. Yeah, the desert tortoises. We I found mean, three endangered desert right. tortoises, and each of them were different. Right. Because we found the little baby little that's just baby. like out cruising. And then uh, Brian, that was, uh, who found it? You found the baby. I found the baby. So Dave found, I was the only one that didn't really find anything cool. I found a beetle. Uh, <laughs> That's true. true Cater- caterpillar hunter. What was it? Caterpiller Petrickers. killer? What did we yeah, assess it was? Caterpillar hunter or killer or something. I don't know. That was, you said that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I talked to my entomologist it. friend. Oh, that, that's but yeah, really shiny beetle? That, yeah. The yeah, green that one. Yeah. Sweet. That so so Dave one. found the baby tortoise. It was like just out and about in, in a suit, like. Actually, the only the one that Brian found was where I would expect to find a tortoise. Right. Dave's was like running around the rocky rubble, you know. Uh, the one that you found was just her butt hanging out. Yeah. Of her she was in the process of digging a burrow. Bush. Right. Yeah, which right. is actually how I usually have found them traditionally. Right. And then uh, Clint Laidlaw, who we were also with. I don't know that we've mentioned that or not. But um, he, he he's the reason why Owen. we're in Utah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, he and his son, uh, Owen, found one, like, on the top of a cliff. On the top of a rock, <laughs> rock. in the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. The thing it, I loved about that which, was, like... Wasn't it, like, it was, like, 11 a.m., right? Right. Right, which is the exact... Because I was taking that picture the day before, that first one that Dave found, that small one, on the, I put it on the rock, taking a picture, like, oh, yeah, real natural. <laughs> on a rock in the sunlight in 11 a.m. <laughs> the we find in the wild is... On a rock in the sunshine at 11 a.m. It's not just like natural. on a rock that goes across a path. I mean, it was like on the view the that it's yeah. where you would build your house if you were uh, Tony Stark. That, you know I mean? like that on alone top of a makes rocky cliff. Right. That alone makes me question the nerve endings and how sensitive they are in the plastron of a tortoise. Just because he was sitting on that. Can you imagine standing on that rock with your bare feet? Mm. You'd mm. stand there. You'd stand there for a yeah. second or so. Well, but there's got to be, but there's got to be nerve endings. I mean, well, I mean, look at how many Are there nerve endings in our fingernail, the actual fingernail. Well, material? but I but think they can feel their shell. Hang they, on a second, though. But look at how they respond to, you know, warm water. They kind of, you know, we've all seen the video of them hunkering down with the warm water. They feel that. Yeah, but water, the shell is somewhat porous. I imagine, just like most things are, water can permeate most of those pores. I would think. I'm just. I don't know that there's. I don't know the answer either. I, but it certainly I've seems absor- like we'll have to ask Clint because he'll sit there and tell us. Yeah, the Clint's spine yeah. is definitely fused to the shell, so there's definitely a connection to the shell. It's absolutely, deep, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I've questioned that, and I but don't they, know they the do, answer. And I'm going to have to like look into it. Scrub down, right? and Stuff like that. They, they that, itch. They, they, they respond itch favorably to that. So yeah. there has to be some sort of nerve ending in the. In the in the shell, maybe but it was just luck. Maybe that to your point of like they don't like spend time in that space. Maybe he was just like I'm moving. I'm not going to be here long, and we just happened to catch him. Yeah, it could be. Like could be. He could have been. He could have been cruising. All and then, I know is you know, that in, in my mind, that is the most badass desert tortoise I've ever seen because he's got like that's right. That's right. From that cougar on his yeah. shell. You mean the coyote? He Absolute was cougar. Huge. Yeah. You mean the, uh, yeah, the coyote bites. Right. It was a right, cougar. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cougar roadies. Cougar roadies. <laughs> well, what was yours? Domestic dog, right? I thought it was. I mean, it's cool to think it was a wild animal, but who really chews on turtles? It's the dogs. Come yeah, on, people. That, that Put last them on desert tortoise we found had disti- distinctive puncture marks in the show. The reason why I don't think that was a dog is because of the spacing of the two puncture marks. That would have to be a very big dog, why and that would no? have to be a very big coyote. And that's why I suggested cougar. 
Yeah, but the tortoise was huge, and the the injury was old. So I mean, maybe it was a lot closer when he was little. Dave also just has a thing for cougars. So yeah, gotta, oh. they got a thing for Dave. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I've but at my too. age, the cougars are in their seventies now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a desert tortoise. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that for me, herping um, is always and always has been defined by the amount of snakes I find. That's that's just it for me. I mean, I just love, snakes, not lizards, not any other herps. No, I, I love finding all the other animals that we find. But when I do find a snake, it's the epitome. That is the epitome of yeah, herping yeah. is to find a snake. Now, it doesn't matter I what kind, it. as long as it's a snake. Like I find it, and I, I tell people all the time, I was like, "That's the gold star on my day. Find find a snake. That's the best way I can try to describe how very much it like makes my life when I find a snake in the wild. I'm like this. Why don't is you the tell us all I about the for. snake story from this weekend? Because we did kind of find a snake. I my you know what, Brian, my thoughts do run parallel to that. I, I will have to say. Finding the tortoises is awesome. Finding the lizards are awesome. You find a snake and that is the top of the pyramid. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, I think that's why. Even as cool as it was to find like the I think they're more stuff, exciting. Like, they are more exciting. I mean they're just I've always loved snakes and it's, yeah. it's just finding them in the I wild. I, I don't know that finding like if we had caught a snake, I, you know, unless it was something that I'd never seen or like, you know, super cool species or individual or whatever. But if we had caught a snake, I think it would be more exciting. But seeing the desert tortoises, I, I would say I, it's somehow better. I had never seen a tortoise really in the wild any snake ever. I could imagine. Oh, but uh, yeah, that was that was a bonus. And to find three of them was a mega bonus. Oh, yeah. And like I said, so different. But Brian, yeah. tell us the story. Tell us the story. OK, we, we were at. Kurt, Kurt, we're at Clint's childhood herping spot. It seemed to be his childhood herping, like the, the place that he had enjoyed herping the most in his yeah. youth. Lytle Ranch, you know that that place out in the middle, like BYU owns it. I guess it uh, owns it. I guess it. And we're cruising around and hoping to find stuff. And Clint found something right away. The first thing he flipped over, he found that that lizard, that teed. Like mm. right off the bat, he's like, "Yes, yeah, see, it's a good sign." Because somebody had told him since then that, "Oh no, that spot is no good anymore." Like you don't. Find oh it. right, what right. What was right. that? It was a it was a tiger long tail. Tiger tiger whip tail. Tiger whip. Mm-hmm. And uh, that so, ran under Brian's butt. So I often oh, I, yeah, I've got a theory. I've got all these weird. I build up all these weird like um, almost superstitious like things about going about like how I'm going to find so a snake. So I, yeah, I'll you leave. imagine it. I happening. imagine how it's going to yeah. happen. Like I know. Like Anything. I just start thinking if I just. Like I either it's, and I get is calling to me. Yeah, either something's calling right to me, now. or I just need to stop thinking about that and just let it happen. <laughs> like something along those lines. And then so I, I'd like to also go so off because it also spreads. It. It's nice having four people. You go in your different directions and heightens your chance of finding something because one person finds something, you just yell for everybody else. And so I was on that current path, you know, split off from the herd, cruising through the spot. It was like it's shady here. It's really hot out. It's 135, 140 degrees, and <laughs> so I need to go in the shade, and that's where I'm going to find stuff. So I was walking in. There's all this fallen tree and leaf litter and debris I was like this is great and I'm like lifting all the logs I'm just walking along and that's when the, I saw that first deer those deers we saw there the, the mule deer mm. I saw him go mm, hiking right, along right, and right. in my mind I was like the way it hopped and like the noise it made the way it looked to me I was like oh that's the magic sign like, that's the deer that's the deer <laughs> And so I was like, that deer on, is the bringer of I'm the snakes. I'm on the right path, so I unicorn. walked along. I found a unicorn. <laughs> and then I saw it, and then I, I saw that orange-pink color, color I've never seen on a snake in the wild before, which kind of freaked me out. And I was like, ooh, is it this magic? And just like, shh, took off and went under the, the log right there, which, I mean, we know now, or by the way, what I saw, it was most likely a coach whip based on the description. Super fast. Super fast. And, the and, and, it would, and it probably would have been the only 
candidate for being out in the middle of the day when it was 110 degrees. That's right. And I did show you a picture. You said, yeah, right. that's it. Most that's other so snakes it, that are found out there would not be out there in that kind so of heat. So it was out. I yeah, walked yeah. by and it's, it's like it had been out. And it was, yeah. it was just like I walked up on it and it took off, dove under that log. And I just looked at where it went and I was like, perfect. It's right there under that log. I'm just going to yell for that snake. I, was like, I just yelled for you guys as loud as I could because I wanted you guys to be there for the best yeah, yeah. moment of the entire trip, which was going to be to find that snake. That was your first mistake. And nah. I guess that was my first mistake. I should have just kept my eyes on I should have just like ripped that log up immediately. And, and But you know what he it. did? I, I, he, he didn't stay under the log. Right. So it was in a, it was in a, a wooded grove. There was downed leaves all over the place. It actually went underneath the leaf litter, and that's how it got away. Yeah, that makes perfect yep, sense. Absolutely. Or it found a hole. Yeah. I, I, I looked around. I didn't both. see the holes. Went, right. went through the leaf litters. Oh, right. hole. But, but you know, but like they, rodents burrow. Like, right. You know, underneath. Right. The so they, they, the they, yeah, they're 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 professionals yeah. at escape. Yeah, you were pretty Honestly, tore up about I'm it. I'm still. It was yesterday. I'm yeah. still kind of tore up about it today. Honestly, like if I if we don't find a snake in the wild this trip, well, here's. I just have to come back to Utah and herp again. That's exactly what I say every single time that Do you I go think herping it's because and don't of find how what many I want. Times I, say, I told you back. that those were like the coolest snake to catch ever and the most exciting yeah, snakes was, I've ever caught. Uh, that, that's what made so it unusual. And that would have been my life first. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You guys didn't really. Yeah. That's okay. Beat me up. I, I, I feel like I earned it. You know, I I'm, don't beat myself up enough. I hey, need other I, people to do it for me. I found a bug. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all right. But here's what I said in my video. <laughs> a herp trip is not defined by the reptiles and herps that you find. Oh, here it comes. I'm going to write this down. It's defined by the people you're with. Oh, no, I don't I, I, that. I can agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. I can agree with that. Well, that's, Absolutely. that's like a, as, as herpers, that is like the thing for right. us, right? Like the, to get together with the people that, because we, we could, there are plenty of people we can go out there and do, do that stuff. Look at us that. three. Oh, you, Pennsylvania, you, Minnesota, California, formerly Hawaii. Okay. We wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that you exist or you exist. You not wouldn't know if Brian and I existed if it wasn't for our common love of reptiles. That is how we know each other. That is how we develop this friendship. That is how we have developed the friendships with 90% of the people in our lives are reptile people and they're our friends. And we would never know that they existed if it wasn't for a common love of reptiles. So, And that is the premise of this podcast. Absolutely. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what you find out there. It matters the people that you're with, and 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 that you're, you're you're sharing a common experience with people that are awesome. It's the journey. It's the journey. It's the experience, and the reptiles thus become secondary to the enjoyment of that trip. I'll concede. At first, I was like, "Nah, I don't think so." But uh, actually, probably the highlight for me, because I know you guys both pretty well by now, um, but I I have met. Clint before, but I've never got to spend time with Tinley, him. right? Yeah, we had a conversation about Parthenogenesis, and mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to him a couple times since. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, we've never, like, hung out before, got to know each other a little bit. And, the, you know, that part of the day where we hiked up to the top of that cliff that we oh, thought, right. we, we went somewhere oh, that almost- Brian is like, no, I, I went up there and I saw collared lizards. So we're like, oh, we got to go find these collared lizards. And then we went up there. We're like, this is really stinking high. How did Brian get up here so fast? Did you go all the way to the top? No, I, no, I he would. didn't even. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was like on the crest of the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, next which to the is road. what I said. Well, we were. Yeah. Okay. So we were. Yeah. We. <laughs> 
we had quite the epic journey, Clint and I, just getting to the top. And then there was kind of like this mountaintop experience. No reptiles anyways. Because you almost killed Clint. Yeah. Well, no, that was at the end. And he went his own way, so he would have died of his own accord. But anyways, um, yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, we didn't see anything. So my, you know, my point is we, we, you know, climbed this big mountain and overcame and got the cool views and the nice breeze. And then we found those crazy Indian, uh, like petroglyphs right, or whatever, right. these rocks and stuff. So, you know, we had this whole thing and, and we were talking and that I wish I would have climbed up there to see. Yeah, they were actually pretty, cool. pretty close yeah. to the road. Like right. they aside were, from they reptiles, right above anthropology where he fell off thing. that cliff and almost died. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Alicia. But, you know, if I would have known that you were going all the way up there to find reptiles, I would have... Not gone, because it's no. too high. <laughs> too well, steep. It was really high. But here's the thing. So, if you have, you know, a bluff like that, not really a bluff, it's more of a... What do they call high it out here? Out we call them bluffs well, in Minnesota. Like a mesa. Mesa, there? Yeah. a mesa, yeah. Plateau, whatever. There's not a lot of reptiles up there. Yeah. And the reason is, is because they don't have to go up there. No, you know, the thing was, like, there was those huge rocks, like those big black yeah, rocks yeah, that yeah. came all the way. It, the that, habitat is great. That's actually where we were looking, but we had heard, you know, Brian said, oh, I went to the top of that. And what he went to the top of is, like, the area of the cliff where they cut away for the road. We went to the top of the cliff. <laughs> you right, know, right, you guys right. up there. I was kind of impressed when I looked up there and was like, we, we, "We're like, wow, they're at the top." <laughs> yeah, no, I was a. I filmed you guys up there. I like put my camera on He's Zoom like, and I got you guys oh, up there. I was way down yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. No, as a, as a guy who really enjoys going to the top just for the sake of going to the top, I was like, "Yeah, it's cool, guys up there." Yeah, but it's been well, a long remember day. the I'm remember the mountain up. in that's Australia. Why we, that's why we did it. We were like, he clearly would have gone to the top. It is Brian Cusco, and we would not. We both said at the top, we we're like. I wanted to quit like 10 times, but I'm like, Brian did it, so yeah. I have to. <laughs> Brian's like, I ain't going up there. Well, remember, remember that plateau? We in, both in, literally uh, said that. That, that. Remember that plateau in, in Australia that we climbed? We oh, walked down oh, that wash. When we went up to the, not, not the cave. No, 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 no. So we, we pulled over at this place, just red cliffs. Oh, oh when, we, when I went way up. And you went, went way up, and I stayed, you know, maybe 300 feet you you went about a you went a third about a third of the right. way up yeah. The reason why I, I don't climb those is because of course there's reptiles up there, but they don't have to travel that far, and the reason why they don't travel that far is they they stay within the first few, let's say fifty feet hundred feet of a bluff, because that's where the water source is the, where that cliff was that we were talking about there was a river that went through there, that river provides the reptiles with water. It attracts the insects that those lizards are eating. They're not going to stray that far up the cliff, up this bluff. Oh, totally, totally. From that, you know, food source, they don't have to expend that kind of energy to get up there. There's not water up there. There's not food up there. That's why I always stayed within the first fifty feet of that bluff and in, in herp there because that's where everybody is. Totally. And to your point, the the reason I go up that high and the reason I even that day I go up that high is I'm sure it would be cool to find a reptile along the way. But I do just really enjoy going to the top. As much as I love waiting for the answers to come to me, yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. Of cruising along. When it comes to something physical like getting to the top of a mountain, I want to get to the top just to get to the top and look around. And be That's like, I am on the we, top. We knew that about you. That's why we we're like, he clearly went to the top. You know what he, he said? He, he saw. You know why? You know why he goes up to the top alone? 
Why? Because he, he goes up there and just goes, I'm on the top of the world. <laughs> Actually, and he doesn't want anybody else to hear I it. Have I have no doubt. Wrote a song. I actually wrote a song called Sitting on Top of the World. It's a funk jam. I'll play it for you sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I, I don't agree with that. He doesn't want other people to hear it. <laughs> I do like the solitude up there. Yeah. It's lonely at the top, but it is peaceful and quiet. Yeah. So I, I think we need to, like, we, we got in pretty deep in the beginning of this podcast. We did. I enjoyed it. I think it. we need to, oh, I did too. But I think we need to backpedal a little bit and dive deep in the shallow end for a minute. So I have a question for you guys, if that's all right. This is a segment we've done on the podcast for our first mm, year mm. of episodes is this segment called and, Getting Deep in the Shallow End. And just so you know, everyone's been suffering through the last 57 minutes of us explaining the universe so that they could hear this. I am prepared. So I just want to make sure that, mm. I, you know, don't let those people down. You're welcome, people. Um, okay, so here it is. If reptiles could talk, which one would tell us the weirdest story about you? I'll go Interesting. Yeah, I figured this one might take a little bit of thinking, so I'll give you a story, in, unless you have something. Can well, I can tell you for sure it's going to be a snake. Okay, good. Yeah. Mine is a snake. All right, so here, so here it is. If, if a reptile could talk and tell you about their experience meeting Garrett Hartle one time, it would probably be this very large ivory reticulated python that I used to, you know, work with at prehistoric pets when I worked there. Ivory retics don't have the best digestive systems sometimes. Mm. So the leucistics are most of the time, right? Um I would I don't know what the stats are, but I would say 50-50. It's a lot of the time. Leucistics almost always die. Ivories are eh, oh, some so, right. I so, was thinking, so I was just thinking Lucistic, not ultra, yeah. ultra Ivy is the one that like has the best chance. Ultra right? Ivories are good. You know, maybe you have a. I've heard of a couple that had some issues, but all, that's like very rare. The Ivories are fifty fifty, and that which is an allelic trait, and then the Lucistics. So, anyways, what happens with them is they they can't digest very good. They get backed up, right? Now this is close to a twenty foot snake. You know, and I know everybody always says that, but if you've ever seen prehistoric pets Instagram, mm, mm. you'll believe it. Right. right. So this is a very big snake. And, uh, you know, once every quarter or so, we would have to get up in there and get that stuff out so that she would be okay. Enema. Exactly. Well, this is, this is the story enema. that the snake would tell you. That she would, you know, other people would take care of her, but when she see me coming from the cage, she'd be like, oh no, it's the proctologist. Here he comes. And, you know, I don't know if it was because I was raised with like cattle or horses or anything. Like I've helped horses deliver foals and stuff before and you got to get up in there and it's fairly active cattle. You've seen a cow give birth to a vole? A horse. Foal. 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 Come on, right? Horse. Foal. So, have have (laughs) Um, <laughs> you guys keep getting caught up this in the is second, If so I yes. said that the cow gave birth to a vole Just roll with it for a while It's a hard Easiest life story Easiest birth ever yeah. <laughs> at, at this point you've lost me <laughs> Anyway So I go up to the ivory retic We would pull this thing out And basically take a garden hose And stick it up the cloaca Like the vet showed us how to yeah, the first yeah, time yeah. And we did it all the time And we'd Fill her up like a balloon, and old Garrett would get in there up to about his elbow, sometimes shoulder, up the cloaca of this ivory tick and fumble around up inside her and pull all the poop out. I have got to imagine if if all the reptiles were talking to each other about me, it would be like, oh, this guy caught me, or I struck at him and he wasn't afraid. Like, 
he reached his arm up my butt to the shoulder. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's the, the drop Garrett. mic story. Everyone's yes. like, yeah, oh, I'll never see Garrett the same way again. I hope he doesn't Sir. take me out of the they, cage. That's their name for you, actually. Do, it's do you have that on video? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's not a... At Prehistoric Pets. No. And it wasn't on video. Yeah, right. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that happens at Prehistoric Pets that they don't take videos of. Yeah, but something like that. Mm. I mean, just because it's spectacular. Well, actually, to be fair, there very well could be a video of it. But they'll, they never make the, should this one go public? Mm, right. Because <laughs> there was always video of right. just about everything. Yeah. Sir Garrett. There was a few videos I made that they poops. pulled down immediately. Like, that's not a good idea to show the public. I'm trying to think of one, but I've spent, like all of us have, a lot of time around snakes in my life. So there's one out there for sure that has the most interesting story. I just can't think of which one it is. If the snakes could talk, there's definitely some things they would be like. I don't want to tell those stories here publicly. Necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> that's you why only I asked have the question. One this is hey. What did you tell Dave? Like, no, this nobody listens to this. It's fine. This is not public. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Well, I mean, I had a snake in Plus, my bedroom. Plus, we totally edit it if it gets awkward. No, we we've never part. edited this ever. We have guests now. If you say something absolutely embarrassing, we'll edit it out totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I had the same snake live in my bedroom from the age of seven until I was 23. You can imagine the stories that snake told about. It, this was in a tank. It could see everything all the time. So he knew all your personal preferences. Everything. everything so I he did. knew you only had one hemipede. He knew that. Yeah, that was like one of the first things he might have known. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the first. Did he ever touch it? No, he never touched it. <laughs> he did. Bite he was the first snake. Make it sure. He was the first snake to bite me. Bit me right on my nose when I was seven. And even at that age, I remember thinking, "Well, that was my fault." <laughs> <laughs> Because I was uh, playing with him, putting him close to my face. But anyway, any story that's totally embarrassing that you could imagine about yourself that might have happened between the ages of 7 and 23, that's a story that my snake could have told because there's a lot of embarrassing things that happened in my bedroom between those ages. He's <laughs> probably thinking, he's never going to get I don't know, Dave. That sounds like a <laughs> that He needs to like get a, a female when me. he does that. It's not a cop-out. I mean, which story do you want me to share from that? <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> I think that question uh, is the weirdest <laughs> story. I think that my snakes either say this bag of meat is warm, I'm going to chill out, or this bag of meat is going to eat me, I'm going to freak out. Oh, the weirdest story? Okay, this one was just the weirdest story that one of my snakes witnessed in that bedroom. <laughs> I was, I was, it was actually the first time I was on mushrooms ever, and it was pretty weird, um, as far as I recall. We had a whole party in the house, and like my parents were out of town, and I was going around turning lights on and off, and we had a bunch of people around. And this wasn't in the bedroom necessarily, but I did end up there eventually. But I thought I could do anything, and I I did do a lot of things. I fished for a catfish in the kitchen, and then there was actually a catfish because I had caught one. I was going to say, somebody pulled one out of the freezer. I had my ocean ride out in the kitchen. I was (laughs) putting the catfish in a bowl of an upside down, you know, cake cover glass bowl pouring beer in there with the catfish, stirring it around, chucking the catfish around the kitchen, uh, frozen dead catfish I'd caught you know, earlier in the years I mentioned. Uh, there's still a mark on the bottom of my parents' uh, door, a little like edge of the bottom of a beer bottle Heineken, just because somebody was like, people realized they could just suggest things to me and I would do them. And that was the one, just oh, chuck the beer. <laughs> but after everybody left and the psychedelic warfare was over, I was laying in the bedroom Listening to, well, there was nothing playing on the radio, actually, but if you've ever heard the Rage Against the Machine album of uh, Empire, 
there's a, a track on there where it's just all these weird noises, like Tom, probably Tom Morello doing some weird like guitar, you know, synthesized stuff, just like. And I was hearing those, laying there, stuck, motion. I couldn't move, laying in the dark, completely paralyzed. I could not move at all. It was just like, like coming back to reality. I guess I'm just like, I'm, uh, am I alive? Is noises? Can't move. Remember, I had Dalmatians. One of them came over and like licked my face, and I was like, oh yeah, I feel that. And then my buddy Pat, who was my neighbor across the street, was still there, trying to clean up because he knew that my parents were coming home at some point. But he was like, I don't know, he was done too. But I remember, like, he turned the light on. That kind of brought me back. I was like, oh, light. And there's Pat in my bedroom. And he was taking things from around the, the party, beer bottles mostly, empty beer bottles, and putting them into my laundry basket in the bedroom, like, just putting them in there, going around, finding some of my pipes and putting weed, like, whatever weed he could find. that I Because I'd also thrown weed around the room, like, everybody smoke, just throwing weed everywhere, just like, it's a party. So there's, like, little, little crumbs on the carpet he was picking up and trying to smoke while cleaning. And then, like, luckily my parents weren't actually coming home that night because his cleaning job was horrible. <laughs> like, I remember spraying Lysol in the room. And that may not have been the weirdest thing the snake saw, but that was the, one of the weirdest moments I remember <laughs> being there, wake, waking up from like the Rage Against the Machine, dark paralyzation to Pat, trying to smoke crumbs of weed off my floor while putting beer bottles in my hamper with clothes in there too. It wasn't like there wasn't anything else. There were clothes in there, and he's just like shoving them under the clothes and spraying Lysol and trying to be a good friend. It's pretty weird. Yeah. It felt pretty yeah. weird. It's yeah. a weird one. <laughs> okay, Dave. Ball's I, in your court. I, I always wonder what snakes think when I probe them. <laughs> like, you know, there's some that just absolutely will not sit still and they freak out. And then there's some that just sit there like they like it. Oh. And I always just kind no, of no. makes me wonder You're only about seven that. scales deep. You got four more to go, That's buddy. That's right, you know. A little like, more lube, please. You know, how, how much are those males actually clenching it up? And it's like, that's a female. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and how many females are like, really? That's all the deeper you're going to go? <laughs> this, is, this is three. <laughs> this is why the cougars love me. <laughs> no, but seriously, I always wonder what they're like. What they're thinking, because that's such a... Invasive. You would it's, it's invasive, and it is such a foreign experience for a snake to experience that... I mean, basically, you can imagine if like if our junk inverted... That's right, our that's body, right. And you stick some middle piece of metal... Yeah, like, you got a pocket down there. there. Did yeah. you just say you could imagine that? Because <laughs> I have a hard time imagining that. I can, I've got a good imagination, but... Oh, <laughs> hey, I don't think there's a guy on the planet that doesn't wish that we could invert these things. Hmm. What? Dude, hot summer day. <laughs> hot summer day, you sit. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? You've like on a hot summer day when those things are hanging down past your knees, you've never sat on a metal chair. It, I, it would be convenient to be able. I to don't tuck even it know what you're certain experience. I'm saying, right? <laughs> right. It really would. I've definitely never thought about this before. Well, snakes do it all every day of their lives. I'm it, constantly tripping over mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> Yeah, no, it would, I can think of all kinds of times when it would be just so convenient to just tuck it away. Just for Absolutely. I mean, every, every, every woman out there watching this podcast right now is like, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, do, I do wake up every day of my life and, and thank the good Lord that I was born a male because of 
all the things I've witnessed with females. Mostly convenience. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that, that tuck away thing, that, that not having that thing down there getting in the way is... Uh, in the times that you don't want it to get in the way, yeah, yeah. What, what, one yeah, argument I, against it, I guess. Seriously, <laughs> what what women have had to endure, dude. We are even the weaker with, even sex. Even with each other's, even with each other's, right? The women's with each other's. I have I have never known a man, any man, that is as strong as a woman, ever. Well, like on. maybe, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I was but say, depends yeah, on your definition. No, women, women, jeez, I. Mm. I'm they, disagree. They, I've met some they weak got the women. short end of the stick, you know, not just metaphorically. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've met some weak women and some strong. I've I've met both. It, it, to me, it, as far as strength of a person, regardless of uh, physically, men do have an but advantage. The course, crap but the crap that 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 society has made women endure. It, it's 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 fucking ridiculous. Hmm. You know, do you, this year, twenty twenty is a 100-year anniversary of women's suffrage. 104 years ago, women could not vote in the presidential election. I still can't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's, yeah. I knew you were such a... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't, don't... That's a whole other topic because, yeah, no, women have not had a fair shake. Well, it's for the longest time, it's been, it's been might makes right. Right. Absolutely. It, you know what's funny is when you actually realize it is when you you have to like speak on behalf of something that's happening or something that comes to your awareness. We we've actually talked about it on the podcast before, so I don't want to repeat the story. But you know, like Kimberly works for me, mm. and and somebody was is, writing. Is a, he repeating the story right after he said he wasn't going to? No, no. I'm just saying. No, I'm, it's Garrett. That's what we I'm, love about him. I'm briefly. <laughs> did, did you ever hear this story? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I, so the short really end of the story right is now. some guy was being. <laughs> creepy and sexual to her on my uh, business account, you know, and saying all kinds of things to her. And she screenshot it and she said, can you please finish the conversation with this guy? I just can't anymore. You know, and I was like, I'm looking at the stuff that the guy's saying to her. And she's like, please stop, please stop, please stop. He keeps going. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I wrote back to him and I was like, hi, it's Garrett now. You know what I mean? And basically said something like, you need, you know, you need to wise up. You need to learn how to treat women well. You're not welcome to uh, buy any of our snakes anymore. Mm. And then I, I screenshot my response to him, and I screenshot the creepy thing that he said to Kimberly, and then I put it on, um, uh, you know, on social media blast. I don't think that I, I, th- I believe I did blank his name out because. Nope. See, I don't think you should do that. Did I? No, you, you remember? Didn't. I didn't. Nope. No. Okay, good. good. No, I well, I don't mind not blanking the name. I think people do need to call him out, and I called him out there. But the idea was not necessarily like expose him to the world and say, "Hey, you guys, yeah, I'm yeah, like, you're yeah. right." I didn't because I remember he said something about feet, and a bunch of guys were like texting a picture of their feet for a while after that to punish him. But um, no, the the big thing was. If he's got a foot fetish, it <laughs> went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bunion on that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, no, my point was the response was the interesting part to me because I just posted it to blast the guy. And I, I said something about like, guys, don't be this guy. And by the way, if you talk, to I think my, I remember that, actually, if you talk to my employees like this, you know, you're, you're poking the bear. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and the response was tons and tons of comments of women saying, I deal with this all the all time. I deal the with time. this all the time. 
you know, right. and, and then even my other female employees are like, you know what? It seems like it's a big deal to you. And yes, we're glad that you, you know, that a guy would stand up to a guy and say, this isn't right. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially somebody that like, cause obviously this guy, he was super excited about getting his first snake from us. So we're obviously someone that he respects. Mm. And then we came and said, your, your actions are not respectable. So hopefully he gives him something to think about. It's an endless, but. timeless. I mean, as far as human history has gone on, is we are men are dicks, and we're just trying to find ways to allow women to think that it's okay to violate them. Like, and be, like but that's okay what it, it is. But that's exactly what it is because men treat women the way that they fantasize women treating them, and the disconnect is that. Women don't appreciate that, and certain men cannot see past that. I think we need a, a woman for this conversation. I think we really do. I it. think we do. But you know, I've asked a I lot. I feel like we're getting in f- touch with our feminine oh, side. We are. We are tucking yes. it away. Yes. Um, but <laughs> exactly. I've asked. I, I've asked tons of. I, I've asked tons of my my female friends. Have you ever been excited or reciprocated or felt anything other than? you know, that gross out factor when you receive an unsolicited dick pic. <laughs> not one person, not surprisingly, has said, oh yeah, some guy I started talking to five minutes ago on the internet sent me a dick pic and oh my God, he I, he sounds dreamy. I want to <laughs> get with this guy. You know, I want to I, I wanna go ring shopping with this man. No, not one person. And so I don't understand where that comes from, where certain men think that if they send a, a, a woman an unsolicited dick pic that it is going to have a positive response maybe you're just an absolute moron around women which i think all of us were at one point some people just are hard hearing i'm not def- don't get me wrong i'm not defending the unsolicited dick pic but my my main point is like in this example with kimberly she's like please stop and he kept going please stop kept going I don't want to talk the about The first this. time you say stop. You just stop. You you stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so... Well, I don't even need to be told stop. I can just feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Oop, I can feel that's that your, one. That's your superpower. You can feel the creep. <laughs> yep. Yep. My yeah. spidey senses are picking up a creep out. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wasn't here right now. <laughs> no place like home. No place oh, like it's home. so funny. It's <laughs> a good time. It is. Oh, this is a nice trip. I feel I feel pretty good right now as far as like, you know. It's the whistle pig. <laughs> well, the whistle pig is like the, you know, set the mood or whatever. But but I mean, you know, so so like you guys were here a little bit f- longer than I was. I wasn't able to get out here for a while. I had stuff I had yeah, to wrap up. A day and a half. Yeah. But I mean, so like so for me, it was like, hurry up, hurry up, do a bunch of stuff, jump on a plane, run to Utah. Mm, right, right. Car, and then drive you, four yeah. hours. Right, right. Okay. I'm here. You know what I mean? So, and then it was like, stay up late, get up early, herp, 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 sun, sun, sun. You know there what I mean? There is no doubt that the past three days have been an exhausting right. three Dude, days. We've been going for it. I've been impressed with us. So now, I've been impressed with so me. So now, yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't have I'm any, usually the one that craps out. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, we didn't have anyone have say, I yeah. don't want to today or let's quit early or anything. But yeah, so no, I, I think that was really good. And then we drove all the way back up here, which is what, three, four hours. I've, I've already shot two episodes for my YouTube channel. The one with Richard, and then the one of all of us herping in the desert. Um, so that was great, and uh, you know, and now we're here. We're we're chilling in the Airbnb, and 
Yeah. And nice, bonus, we're gonna get to nice go to Dana Collette Sutherland's place. Too. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we have. Yeah, I mean, I. We're, I think this I have this like is the halfway. This is the official five more halfway. episodes left to shoot. Dave's, Dave's, no, you've you've filmed a lot of episodes. Already. I think I've filmed four so far on this trip. Yeah, but you're like a professional YouTuber. I'm just like yeah. some guy that's like, oh, I should probably make something out of this. People like to see it sometimes. But no, my point is like, we did the outside part of the trip. We're we're at the halfway point. Anything after this though, like I mean. The trip was great. We found no reptiles. It was hot and uh, we, we, we found we found reptiles. Stuff. We, found reptiles. I mean, we 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 found the stuff that is, you know, there's the common stuff, and then there's the stuff that if it's forty degrees out, they're going to be out, and that's the stuff that we found. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, we found the ultra common stuff, and that is the beauty of it. You know, because if we came all the way, if we drove all the way down to that desert. And didn't even see a side blotched lizard. Yeah. You know, that would be a travesty. That's how you knew. But we saw some. We saw tough. some we're, pretty we're cool stuff. Taking time to catch right. the whip right. tail and the side we, blotch. We may the, the or toad. may have not a toad, seen yeah. a chuckwalla. We haven't really determined yeah, that yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm at ninety percent. I'm pretty that, sure that was that, was, that walla, was huge. But, but if you don't know, then right. did you really get to experience right. a chuckwalla? Right. You're like, I'm ninety. Zoom in on that 4K footage, man. We'll find out. I will. That's why I'm ninety percent. the studio, I will find out if that's. I think it is. I think it is. It could be. It was way too big to be a. I need to show you the head shape of one because you said you got a good. So I I I think if you saw that, you'd do it. But but at any rate, yeah, I I think it was good. I think it was a great trip, and we still have a lot to go. Yeah, and and uh, and we're here at a very bad time of year. August is not. But but this is my point. Like it was a lot stacked against. It was a lot. I I mean, I almost didn't come just because I have so much work to do, and when I get back. The hard thing for me is I'm gone for a week. Mm. Uh, I work just stacks up and waits for Absolutely. me back at home. I mean, I have a I have a to do list a million miles, literally ninety three million miles. The end of my to do <laughs> list touches the sun. There you go. And there I have go. to accomplish it all on the day that I get back, or I'll be like overwhelmed. How that much of that involves uh, Red Redemption? Or whatever that's <laughs> Red that Redemption would be so on, on a ninety three million mile to do list. It has about 94 million items. Playing Red Dead Redemption for eight hours of day is item uh, three through nine million four hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I love to hear it. No, you know what's funny about that is that I, I, I love playing video games, but I just so very rarely ever... I, I haven't turned on my Xbox since December, and it's August. And 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 that is my treat. But I I I, I mentioned earlier that I would like to get a decade more out of this life, and and I hope I do. What people don't know is that my grandfather died when he was forty-one. My father died when he was fifty-eight. My uncle died when he was fifty-eight. My grandfather on the other on my mother's side, he made it all the way to sixty-two. I think. Longevity is not a thing we have in our gene pool. And so I I would like to get a decade more. And in that decade, I want to accomplish so much because one of my, and I don't know where I got this from, but it's always been with me. We were talking about life after death. The only way that we are guaranteed life after death is by the accomplishments that we do in our lifetime and how long after we die those are remembered. 
You only live as long as the last person who remembers you. Pretty sure that was a Disney movie or DreamWorks. Who did DreamWorks? I didn't sell that to DreamWorks. Oh, okay. Fucking yeah, they already did. Plagiarists. <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, you yeah, know. They, yeah, that's true. I, I would like to prove to the future that Dave Kaufman was once on this planet. We've got a ton of videos. That's going to help a lot. Videos, my books, right, my movies, right. I mean, I, I think that I have accomplished proving to the future world that I was here one day. But there's so much left that I want to do, and um, that's why I'm kind of paranoid about the, you know, the, the the Corona thing. You know, I'm not paranoid about getting H1N1. I'm not paranoid about this thing is a killer and 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 because of my particular you know mental or uh, mental yeah well that too <laughs> but because of my particular physical you know anomaly that that thing's going to fuck me up if i ever get it and so yeah the point is if i can remember what the point is uh, but anyway the point yeah there's so much more forever. that i want to accomplish before it's my time to check out and therefore, I, I, if I'm bored, if I have downtime, I, my, my brain will go, stop it, go accomplish something. If you, if you have time to watch TV, if you have time to play video games, you have time to go write another page in your new book. You have time to, you know, go do this. You have time, you know, and, it, and it's, and, and I have to phys, I have to mentally wrestle with myself to take a break. I have to mentally wrestle with myself to give myself permission to sit and watch an episode of this or a movie or, you know, say between 3 and 4 p.m., that's my Red Dead Redemption time. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue. What would you say is the, the biggest thing that you had to accomplish? My first movie. Absolutely my first movie. Because... I lived in absolute poverty trying to make my first movie. I remember once I was at a friend's gig at a bar and everybody was drinking, whatever. I sat there with a glass of water because I literally did not have $2 to go buy myself a Coke. Literally. Not in the bank account, not in spare change in my car. You accomplished that already. Right. Oh no! I'm but saying the, what, what would you, so you're you're talking about how much life you have left and you have. So oh, much what do more. I want to accomplish what, within that yeah, life that what, I have left? If you, if I said, oh, I see. I Dave, thought you I meant grant, what, what no, so no, no, far. No. I no, I mean, if I were to grant you one accomplishment, I I am God now, it, and it, I give it, you time and ability to accomplish. It one doesn't more work thing. that way because as what soon as I be? accomplish it, something else will fill that place. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if but if you had to accomplish one thing in the next decade that you've given yourself, what would it be? It's coming in two months, my new novel. And I believe, don't quote me on it, but I believe it's going to be the last novel I write. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because they're, they're difficult to write. They're time-consuming to write. Um, but this novel that is coming out in a couple of months is extremely important to me. Um, and, um, but I'm also working on a book about all the stories behind my videos that, you know, when I went to New Caledonia and, well, almost died on the beach. 
Yeah, that didn't appear in my videos. People don't know that story. So all Ooh, those behind-the-scenes stories. Will you share that story here? No. So all those stories <laughs> that you know people don't know about, you know that that happened. Podcast over. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. You're fired. Um, but get I'm working out. on that book as well, and Let's and get so Clint for next month. yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get Clint. Maybe Clint will share the story that yes, we really want to hear. I, I will. I will give a little hint. I was bit by an extremely deadly animal. And I thought that I was going to die. And I actually was sitting there on the beach in New Caledonia. Prepared. Yeah, saying, well, okay, you know what? You're dying doing something that you loved. You're in a beautiful place. You're about to die on a beautiful tropical beach in the South Pacific. Dude, well done. I envy you. Go, in go that to moment. sleep now. You don't want to share it because you want people to read yeah, it. In the yeah, book. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it in the book. But you know, the the point is, is that what bit me should have killed me in twenty minutes. And after about ten minutes, I got bored waiting to die. And so I, <laughs> I better go accomplish right. something. And so I, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I started writing a new book in the sand. No, but I, I, I started taking a walk. I was watching the gray reef shark swim. I was thinking, okay, if I'm I'm not going to die on the beach and have my bloated body in the sun. I'm going to I'm going to jump in the water. I'm going to feed myself to the sharks. <laughs> and um, That's very nice of you. but you know, 20 minutes later I was like I don't feel really any different than <laughs> should have been dead yeah. by now. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> I feel better. Well, thanks for giving us a, a yeah, 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 hint yeah, of yeah. that story. So, but that's just, you know, I mean, there's there's so many stories about how I literally should not have made out, you know, made it out of these situations alive, and I did, obviously, because I'm here and I'm not a ghost. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm writing a tell-all book about all of those things that happened that you don't see, you know, in the videos, and it's and I'm on page 83 right now, and I've got 400 more pages to go, so I'm gonna have to go out and like really edit this. Edit this down. It'll be all the good stuff. It, but it's it's going to be a tell-all book. So what what is the book going to be called? I don't know yet. Okay. Like maybe something lame, like Kaufman's stories. Tell all adventures. Right, right. What I'm about sure the novel? Called, I'm sure it'll be called Reptile Adventures, Tales Behind the Videos, something. I don't know. What What about the novel? Uh, Elysium Coast. Elysium Coast. Elysium Coast. So that is a novel that I wrote years ago based on a true story of a. Uh, uh, a, a friend of mine and his wife who were uh, the only protectors of a sea turtle research uh, facility and a beach in Costa Rica um, where all the thousands of sea turtles come ashore to nest. And they were the only ones standing in the way of the complete annihilation of those turtles from the poachers that were you know, stealing all the eggs. And then uh, I went down um, to just basically visit it. And this is, you know, I, I've been vlogging, I've been reptile vlogging for a decade before YouTube was ever invented, ever thought of. I've been reptile vlogging before the internet. I just dated myself. But, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a video on my reaction to those old videos. But, um, you know, I went down there to volunteer on this, and it was it was beautiful. And then, when the researchers were contacting me and saying, you know, everything that these poachers were doing, they even burnt down the research facility, and this whole political mess that that uh, that, that that happened because they were selling the eggs to the Asian markets as aphrodisiacs, 
And they, I mean, the olive ridley sea turtle almost went extinct, and nobody knows this. Um, and so when I learned of their troubles, I went, I, I raised a lot of money, brought a bunch of power tools down, and I went down to go rebuild the research facility and, and, and further protect these sea turtles. And the poachers weren't quite done with us. And they trapped us in the ruins of the uh, research center. They were shooting their guns at us. They were, you know, charging at us with their machetes. I was armed with a step shovel. And that's another point where I was like, dude, this is it. This is where you're checking out. And uh, so I wrote a novel based on that experience. I didn't want to write it nonfiction because I felt that if I wrote it nonfiction and basically explained in detail everything that happened, I was not going to reach the, let's say, the peripheral... I I wasn't going to reach that peripheral audience outside of the reptile world and outside of the conservation community. But if I wrote a novel based on what it was, then I reach a whole, you know, wider audience than I would if I would have made it, you know, nonfiction. And so that's a novel that's uh, at the printers right now. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Sweet, dude. Well, Dave, um, we're, we're kind of at the spot where we're, we usually wind down on these things. But uh, I just want to thank you, man, for always inviting me along on these things. Like, since we've become Cheers, friends, brother. like... You, you've, your invitations have led me on the best chirping trips I've ever been on my entire life. Love it, and uh, love it. I, I really appreciate that that fact. And like, I, I know I, I, I make your life miserable sometimes on these trips. From no, my, you don't though. You don't. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Ever since you and I started actually talking to each other and seeing all the stuff that we have in common and how we just play off of each other and how we are just constantly making each other laugh. Dude, I knew we were brothers like early on. And Garrett, I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I like myself more than anyone deserves to. I don't need anyone else to uh, like me. It's fine. To be fair, I, I like Garrett more than you, David. So. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I was saying earlier. You know, we're you brothers. You like me more than Dave does? Yeah. Or you like me more than you like Dave? We're brothers because of reptiles. Yeah. We wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for him. Oh, and that's yeah. just such an awesome that's, thing. That's a such an awesome thing. Fact. Absolutely. Absolutely.